Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is the Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 55. We're going to begin on page 195. Recovery is a process of evolution. But first, let me give our introductions. Barb, what's happening? Hey, Douglas, I'm Barb, an addict. I live in the panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95. And my home group is the Open Mind meeting. It's a hybrid meeting on Monday at 7.30. Thanks, Barb. What's up, Eva P? Hi, everybody. Eva P here. Clean date is 6-10-2000. I do meetings in the Mid-Willamette Valley area, which is Salem, Oregon. And my home group is the Do It Hard meeting. All right. Thanks, Eva. What's up, Jennifer W.? Hi everyone, my name is Jennifer and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992 and I attend meetings in Sacramento, California. Thanks Jennifer, what's happening Paul? Hi Douglas, I'm Paul M, I'm an addict. My clean date is January 6th, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans and my home group, at least for right now, is the uh, Open Mind Group of Narcotics Anonymous. Oh. I might have to change, I'm working on Monday starting next week, which is sad. Oh, I didn't know if we were going to start airing out some shade. Right now. I didn't <laughs> no, I was like, no. Oh, okay. Life on life's terms. <laughs> What's up, Jane? Jane A. here from the Mid Willamette Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous. My clean date is December twenty second, nineteen seventy nine, and my home group is the Thursday noon basic text study. All right, thanks, Jane. And folks, we have somebody celebrating thirty five birthday cakes. 35. What's happening, Lee P? Hey, Douglas. Thank you. Lee P. Attic, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And my home group is also the hybrid uh, open mind meeting on Monday nights. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thanks. Oh, 82787. My bad. You gotcha. 82787. All right. Thanks, Lee. And I'm Attic. Name's Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, here we go. The Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast this is episode 55, page 195, with recovery is a process of evolution, and Paul is going to facilitate. Take it away, Paul. Thanks, Douglas. I'm going to the fabulously newly braided Eva, who's going to start us off with two paragraphs, looking very fabulous. Eva, take it away. Thanks, Paul. Recovery is a process of evolution. We want to become the best person we can. Doing work we feel is important feeling loved and valued. There cannot be only one way to do that because we are all different. We want to be given the roadmap to success, but few of us find that kind of specific direction gets us very far. We learn what is right for us through our own efforts. We may not have dreams when we get here. Our experience may have taught us that it is not safe to share our dreams or to want them too much. We have to find a way to hear our own desires. Over time, we gain a keener understanding of what it means to live in harmony with our beliefs. Even when we share our lives with others, our willingness to fulfill our own responsibility to ourselves determines our ability to feel love and to be satisfied with our lives. With our lives, sorry. Uh, it's the integrity with which we live our lives that is important. After all, if we don't like who we are or how we act, if we find our own company uncomfortable, it does does it really matter what or how much we have? Woo, I've had an opportunity this last week to um, really look at my life and live with integrity. My uh, my kids' dad, who um, is really sick, he got put on hospice this week, and um, you know we have a horrible past. He was my abuser and um, um, 
but I get to show up with my kids today and um, take them to see their dad and be a part of his life. And, you know, um, this is the kind of stuff that I wanted when I got here was the ability to love and be loved by my children first and foremost, you know, and, um, and to have them lean on me and me be there for them. You know, to me, that's integrity, like to show up when I don't want to. And, um, and I, um, I feel like, you know, a lot of the work that I've done um, has been to help people. I work in a field, I worked in a field where I took care of elderly and things like that. You know, that's kind of my calling and my purpose. And so now I get to the opportunity to do that with somebody that I really once loved um, and really once hated. <laughs> And really, and now I, um, I've had the opportunity. We've both had the opportunity to make amends to each other. And um, now I, um, I feel when I show up there, all I feel is love and compassion, not any of that other stuff that I felt when I first got to Narcotics Anonymous, which was a lot of hate and a lot of um, blame to him on why I was so effed up. Um, so I think that, um, you know, where it says after all, if we don't like who we are, or how we act, I, I know that there have been times in my recovery that I haven't liked who I am or how I act. And um, today through uh, doing a lot of work um, on, you know, in step work is where I get to, to change how I am and who I am and start living the spiritual principles. And integrity is a really important one to me. And so, um, yeah, that's what I have on that today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eva. Um, I had the pleasure of working a fourth and fifth step today with a sponsee, his first kind of um, time with doing that. And I just am always impressed with the transformative power of, of that process or being witness or just being uh, a party to that process and how much we just bottle up and don't let out and how much we, we make these decisions based on faulty information about who we are and how we relate to the world. Um, and it, it says here, over time, we gain a keener understanding what it means to live in harmony with our beliefs. Even when we share our lives with others, our willingness to fulfill our responsibility to ourselves determines our ability to feel love and be satisfied with our lives. Satisfied. Not over the moon, you know, some days. <laughs> it's not like all rainbows and skittles all the time, but satisfaction is a very um, comfortable coat of our lives. And I, I, and I, I like that. I like that that's the payoff. And, and when you get to witness it in others, it, it motivate, at least it motivates me. So who else? Anybody else? Uh, Lee, why don't you do the next two paragraphs from We Build a Foundation? Thanks, Paul. Mm -hmm. We Build a Foundation a fellowship, and a life, not necessarily in that order. Those of us who have been fortunate enough to be involved in developing in any community know how gratifying it is to grow something from a seed. The experience is unlike anything we know. Many of us devote ourselves heart and soul to NA, and the process of building our own lives comes later. We may find ourselves... Sorry, we may find ourselves beginning a career or to seeing to our financial security years after our peers seem very settled. There is no right or wrong way or order in which our recovery happens. We all have experience starting over in our lives with new people, places, and things. Stepping into a new way of life we don't quite understand. The desire to survive and feel fulfilled is not unique to us as addicts. In recovery, we begin with connection to others and work our way to basic safety. And perhaps it has to be this way. To believe that we can trust the love in our lives is challenging. 
Those really deep needs are the ones we believe won't be met. It begins, it begins with the amends process, the understanding that we can forgive and be forgiven, that we can take responsibility for our actions and our choices. And I'll tell, I don't know what it is about this, but this is always so timely. Um, I was doing step work with a sponsee earlier today. And uh, it says those really deep needs are the ones we believe won't be met. And he had wrote something and I said to him, so tell me from the day you got here to today, has all your needs been met? And he kind of kind of jerked back like, he goes, you know, yeah, they have. And I said, and I'm sure you're a lot like I am, who came from a place of no fulfillment, of no satisfaction, like what Paul was just talking about. I could have a metric ton of cocaine. And I wasn't thinking about how much I could enjoy that drug. I was thinking about, wait a minute, when's the next shipment gonna get? How can we get more? We need more. And conversely, since the day I got here, that was 827.87, by the way, Douglas. Since that day <laughs> to today, all my, all my needs have been met. And, and if you're listening, just, just take a minute and let that sink in. From a place of zero fulfillment ever into this process, into NA, into the 12 steps, into the traditions and service and sponsorship and the things we do here, to satisfaction, all of the needs met. Never hungry, never without, you know, a house or food or cars or whatever. All of those met daily. Um, and it also said we all have experience starting over in our lives with new people, places, and things. That was uh, after about four years clean. That was what my recovery became. I would always go to a new city and I would do demographics and I would you know, recruit people and hire people and create this environment of, of, a, of, a, of a business that until it was succeeding, I couldn't leave. But the hard part of that was each time I had to go into a new NA community and they weren't doing it right and this and that and the other thing. And then Jane, when I started to listen, I would hear Paul share, but it wasn't Paul. It was just somebody who said something similar to what, what he had said, and it became an adventure. So yeah, don't, don't dread change, flow with change. And yeah, our needs, our needs are always gonna be met. Thank you, that's plenty of need. Thanks, Lee. Jennifer? Thanks, Paul. Um, thanks, Lee, for sharing. I am. Um... You know, when it talks about, um, you know, we build the foundation, the fellowship and a life and how gratifying it is to grow something from a seed. You know, I didn't know 29 years ago when I accepted um, a request, you know what I mean, from from a group of women that were like, you're kind of with us, you know, and for the first time in a really long time, I kind of accepted that um, hand um, and I don't know what I was doing, but I knew that they were pretty and shiny and they were laughing and, and they terrified me, but there was this little piece of me that wanted to be like them, you know, um, I wanted to have a smile on my face. I wanted to feel good enough to laugh. And so that seed created that community and that community is what I've had for the last 29 years and it's grown in different shapes and forms and, 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 but, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, um, you know, they got that from somebody else and they passed that on to me, you know, um, and, you know, and I've been able to pass that on for others. And, you know, and, and, and the one thing that I'm super grateful for is this line. There is no right or wrong way or order in which our recovery happens, right? Like I didn't even know recovery was starting to happen when I accepted that gift from those women. I had no idea what I was doing. I know that I had shown up some meetings. I know that I had been in treatment, you know, and the treatment jargon and all that other stuff, you know. Um, 
but I had no idea what I was about to experience. And thank God, because I probably would have ran away screaming, you know, because I was terrified. Um, you know, and and and, and honestly, and, and 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 I need this reminder still today, right? There hasn't been a time in Narcotics Anonymous where my needs haven't been met in one way, shape, or form, you know, and the needs have changed off and on over the years. But every basic need that I've need that I've that I've had, you know, I want to say not my desires and my wants, because you know, I want those all filled too but um, have always been taken care of. But for some reason, the disease for me, when I'm in a new situation or a challenge, tells me every single time that if I don't try to fix, manage, and control this situation or these people or this stuff, that all of a sudden my needs aren't going to be met, even though experience has shown me different time after time and after time. And and um, and that's why I'm so grateful when you go back to that community and I can talk to folks and reach out and say, hey, like, I'm really struggling with this. And they remind me, right, you're here, you've been doing this. Um, Narcotics Anonymous works, you know, um, you have a disease. Of course, it's going to attack the one piece of area in your life that you're struggling with, you know, and, and what are the next steps? What are the solutions, right? And that's kind of where I, that community steps in for me and reminds me, um, you know, um, all of all of the things that that have happened to me to date, you know, in the order that they've happened have happened for a reason for me. And, um, you know, when I get to this process of the amends process um, about being forgiven, it talks about making I look at that as making amends to myself Um you know, all of that stuff kind of takes into effect, like, okay, this process happens for a reason in a certain way, and I don't get to figure it out. And the less I figure it out, usually the better it goes. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Jennifer. I, I, I'm, I, I, this, this line here, in recovery, we begin with connection to others and work our way to basic safety. That's interesting to me. I never thought about about this as a, a search for safety, but it is absolutely. It, it's an interesting line. There is a girl tonight who's in the hospital in Pensacola, and I have a friend that's kind of with her, and they're trying to get her in place. And and um, she's been offered a chance to go to New Jersey, to to treatment in New Jersey with you know what's available, and she just doesn't want to do it. And I just know that feeling of wanting something, but not that. I don't want that. Don't give that to me. Why can't you help me, God? Don't give me that, though. And um, just our, our, our unwillingness to accept, you know, and find safety. It, it is we will stay in the chaos. We will we will stay in the unsafety because it is familiar. And what we really want is safety. And this is the this is the safest option that she's been presented, and and doesn't want to do it. So I don't know where that's going. I don't know how that. But just think of that tonight for that person, because there's thousands of people in that choice in that that need for safety, and and like Lee said our safety is good now that doesn't mean it's all skittles and and lollipops all the time but our safety is good so jane uh next two paragraphs and end this little section for us please oh you you bet paul throughout our recovery we improve our behavior our attitudes our perspectives and our lives the awakenings we have as we work the first 11 steps gives us the ability to act in a new way. We ask for knowledge of our higher powers will for us and the power to carry that out. After all the surrendering and house cleaning in the previous steps, a constant conscious contact in the 11th step changes us. The more we embrace our powerlessness, the more deeply empowered we are to take action in our lives. Our basic text tells us that we find God's will for us in the things we value the most. We may describe this in very spiritual language or just know the feeling of being at one with what we are doing. I know I'm doing my higher powers will when all that noise in my head goes away. On some level, this is all about faith. Living our dreams requires that we believe they are possible. 
When we act on faith, we move in a positive direction. It can be very frightening and sometimes a little weird. Taking a leap of faith asks us to trust either that there will be ground beneath our feet or that we will be able to fly. Small steps gives us the courage to leap. Um, I've heard that line, that, that last couple of sentences more than once. Get wings to fly if the ground's not solid. I love that. Uh, and I'm a little old, so I kind of get <laughs> behind. You ever notice how you'll read two or three paragraphs and then finally some of the little cherries of the previous paragraphs come to you? Uh, so uh, I love the part that it talks about in here that tells my story about being able to hear my own desires instead of yours to develop some trust and learn to feel love and learning to trust the people in my life and their love all contributed to the foundation and to my willingness to step out and try something new over and over again. Um, I just, I didn't even know what integrity was for a lot of years, uh, let alone have the courage to do it. So I did a lot of serenity prayers in my life. So, um, and I, and it is a process. It is a process. Some of the things I did in my 10th year, I kind of want to get grateful. Some of those people are dead, so they don't tell the stories in the meetings. You know, <laughs> some of the things I did in my 15th year, you know, was not because I didn't have, I didn't come in and get all well all over the place. I stopped using, I stayed clean. But I ripped a lot of people's lives apart <laughs> for a long time. Some of those other behaviors did not go away with one set of steps. So I do think the amends works. I do think the process works. And I do think that God works. Um, it just does it a lot slower than I wish it would sometimes. But uh, I just love the fact that it's okay for me to go through this step by step, process by process, corner by corner, staircase by staircase. I don't have to get it in the first 90 days. And uh, and I'm loved through it, whether I can feel it or not. I'm loved through it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, I'm glad there wasn't social media when I got clean. Uh, <laughs> it would be there in perpetuity. Barbara, <laughs> come on in. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Um, I, I too, I like that first line. Throughout our recovery, we improve our behavior, attitudes, perspectives in our lives. Thank God, because I can remember an early recovery or throughout the years as well. And what's really powerful to me is the more we embrace our powerlessness, the more deeply empowered we are to take action in our lives. But do you know how long it took me and how much I had to practice that before today? I know that you know, I know that when I surrender, you know, and, and I also know today that I'm powerless over about everything, you know, not just addiction, you know, and, and um, that was a process for me. You know, when I came in the second step, the insanity of my lives, I came in from the street, could not see that my life was insane, you know, that, that I, it was unmanageable. And I remember I was a couple of years clean and it hit me and then I got immobilized with fear. I got terrified, you know, because I really saw the, the insanity. And on some level, this is all about faith. You guys have been talking about that, you know? And then I love this, taking a leap of faith asks us to trust either that there will be ground beneath our feet or that we will be able to fly. When I went in treatment, they did this exercise where you had to fall back, you know, couldn't do it. Where you had to fall back and let somebody touch you or catch you, you know, trust them to do that. And I didn't trust anybody, you know, it was just, it was just like my body wouldn't do that. It wouldn't cooperate. You know, um, today, I think I could do that with some people, <laughs> you know, maybe not just with anybody, but um, the small steps, the small steps give us courage to leap. I can remember my therapist in early recovery tell, telling me, Barb, get off the fence, take that leap of faith. And I'll never forget that, you know, and, and um, today I can do that. I can take that leap of faith you know, and, um, and good things have happened when I've done that. And you guys were talking about faith today. I have an unshakable faith, you know, and what I would say is pay attention. That's what I did. I paid attention all throughout my recovery and until 
today I have that unshakable faith that when my mom died and it was the worst thing I've went through in my recovery and the pain was unbearable, I knew from day one, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this and it's going to be okay. That's that unshakable faith, you know, and I'm not unique. We all, we all get that through doing this, you know, and um, small steps give us the courage to leap. You guys taught me to leap. You know, you taught, you gave me the, the courage, you know, to do a lot of things that I couldn't do before. And, and we talked about dreaming in here too. And, you know, that was another epiphany I had in early recovery. I was at a um, ladies meeting and I was getting ready. I got to Pell Grant. I was getting ready to go to school. And I remember um, that little spark of, of dreaming, you know, that, that came, you know, and then what was right behind that was I didn't even know that I had lost the ability to dream. It's kind of like when I was driving home kicking heroin and I felt that breeze on my face. And, and I thought, oh, that feels good. And then I went on to do to use for many years. But I didn't even know I had lost that ability to feel that breeze on my face. I didn't know I had lost that ability to dream. And that's the insidiousness of this disease, you know, that it, it'll rob from you, take stuff, and you don't even know you, until you get it back that you've lost it. You know, and I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to do that no more. So um I'm so grateful to have this way to live and that I can, that you guys give me the courage to take those leaps of faith today. Thanks. Thanks, Barb. Douglas, jump on in. All right. Thanks, Paul. It was awesome hearing you folks. I just wanted to add some, add an experience that happened today and tied in, in, into this. And, and uh, I got contacted a, a little while, a couple hours ago from a guy from a news organization down in, in Miami. And he wanted to, I think the end the end goal was to see if we wanted some kind of ad, advertisement or some kind of you know a spot you know in in this uh, this media you know spot down in Florida. But anyway, the questions that he was asking about the podcast and um, and I was talking about you folk, you know, and it, and it was um, wait and before any listeners are getting in, like what the fuck, you know, hold on, you know, nothing was this, you know, it was like hey, you know, thanks for calling, you know, we'll, uh, you know, good luck with everything that you're doing. But anyhow. Uh, man, I was talking about you folk, really, man. It was like, hey, you know, what, 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 what's the reason behind what you're doing? And it, and it ties into this. It's like, hey, look, we're, we're the, 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 the people who are coming on here, man. We're, we're not getting paid, you know. We're, we're not running advertisements on the thing, you know, or anything like that. It's like, look, man, we, we live a very changed life, man. And we get to pour into other people. And, and it was like, so what's the why behind it? I said, look, man, you have to go check out the beginning of every episode here. We talked about we're we're very specific in saying, hey, look, all our efforts worth it. If one part, if it helps one person stay clean, all our effort, the time, the studying, the the jumping on the meeting early to start bitching about, hey, this person don't show up. So then what do we do? You know, all this shit, man, all this stuff, you know, is is all worth it, man. You know, and, and it was just really neat to have that. And I and I wanna and I'll end with this comment, Paul, and then I'll kick it back to you. But check this out, man. I get I get these all the time all the time, these text messages to the podcast number. And I think this just really kind of wraps up this, this leap of faith section. So it says, I got this, this today too. It says, hi, Douglas. I listen to your podcast every day and I just want to thank you and all your guests for sharing your recovery with us. I'm just shy of 60 days and a lot of it's confusing to me, but I get the basic concept of love and gratitude. So after, I hope after I do the work, I'll get these rewards. I mean, I fire back to, to him or her and I look, Keep doing it. Tune in. Listen. Come be a part of it. You know, and 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 and, and what that what that is, man. Look, there there's an addict with sixty days. Very confused. You know, confused. Fuck, I was confused as fuck too. I there, hey, catch me at the right day. I still am. You know, I just I could put some sentences together and it, you know hide it a little bit. It, but 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 the cool thing is, and this is really what 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 I what I think that this this entire section was about. Man, like I, like I, I am okay with what I'm doing. I have I have a reasonable. I can I can say with reasonable uh, assuredness that I know what God's will for me in the realm of staying clean and helping somebody else. I'm pretty short up on that. I'm not confused about that, and and it's attractive. It's attractive. Like not second guessing what recovery has to offer is attractive to other people. It's still attractive to me. Like when I look at you folk and I've watched you guys dig in grow and be consistent over for over a year now with rocking with this study fuck the lives that you live and, and the message that you get it's attractive to me I mean, it's fucking exciting man to see other people you know getting excited about it too so i'm going to go ahead and pass 
Thanks, Douglas. Yeah, this is a leap of faith, but it's it's worth every penny of it. And look, I, we're not getting paid. Oh, is that what I heard? Okay. Uh, the last this last sentence on that second to last paragraph says, "I know I'm doing my higher power's will when all that noise in my head goes away." Now that seems very familiar to me because that noise went away when the first time that I used. And that was what was I, that was what was attractive about it is that that noise in my head that sounds sort of like you're not worth anything, you're never going to be anything, you're not worthy of love. All of those voices that were in my head stopped for a second when I used. And if I could have continued to use without the consequences and the dire, life-threatening consequences that came along with it, I probably would still be there. But the attractiveness of the getting out of my head with those noises is still there. And so I have to find something else to replace that. And that's what you all, this fellowship, this process, these steps, this podcast, all of those work in concert to help me with that noise in my head. So if you are new, if you've got 60 days and you are, those noises are still in your head, you are doing absolutely the right thing by being involved, listening, communicating, going to meetings, writing on your step, calling your sponsor, all of those things to deal with those voices in your head. And we all understand about those voices, all of us. So now, you know, this isn't a single thing. We have to talk about commitment. This isn't a one-step process, a one-day process. It's just for today, but it's not a one-day process. This is a lifetime process. So we're going to talk about commitment now. So, uh, Douglas, why don't you start the first two paragraphs on commitment, please? Right, sure, here we go. The tools we use to practice our recovery serves us in all our affairs. Imagination is a tool, and when we give ourselves permission to dream, we're using that tool to explore our own hearts. It can be frightening to look at what we really believe, what we want, and who we are. And by practicing prayer meditation, we learn to listen to our own inner voice and to know when something is true for us. The people we trust help us to sort out the truth within us from the driving voice of compulsion. We make decisions born of desire, just like staying clean. We tell newcomers to suit up, show up, and give NA everything they've got. Why shouldn't I do this in other areas of my life, a member asked. Learning to dream is important, but it's not a way of life. Willingness without action is fantasy. It's one thing to have faith in, in a power greater than ourselves and quite another to have faith in ourselves. Some of us take a long time to come to believe that we can contribute to the world in a way that serves a greater good or that serves our values and sense of purpose. Doing the right thing when no one is looking is an act of service to what we believe in. Some of us call this integrity, the sixth step calls it character, whatever we call it, this practice is the discipline that forms the basis of our growing maturity. And so my comments here are gonna be the prayer meditation piece and that, that's about halfway in the first paragraph. We learn to listen to our own inner voice and know when something is true for us. I have to reference back to, to the book by Wally P, I talk about it often, how to listen to God, that it fundamentally changed my approach to, to an 11th step. It's, it's where I get slowed down enough and, and, and in my prayer and then in my meditation, I write, I write down what's pressed upon my spirit. And, um, and then I get this thing, man, from a conscious contact, I get this thing called intuition. So, so whenever I go through my day, I can stop and I have this intuition. So then the question becomes, well, fuck, I can tell myself, Hey man, this is God's will. Let me do this. Cause I really want that, you know? And then, then my reliance becomes like, Hey, who am I surrounding myself with? Like, that's how I, I see the 11th step actually being applied in my life. Like I connect and I get this intuition, but I'm talking with you folk, man. I'm pouring in and people are pouring into me to, to keep me tightened up. And then, and then here, I'll end with this, man. This is really cool too. Uh, whatever it's integrity or character or something like this. Um, you know, we, we, we call it taking care of our, our spiritual person, uh, but, but doing the right thing, you know, when, when no one's listening. I, I remember having, having, I don't know, I was just maybe in my first six months, being clean or something like that. I can't really remember when, but, but the one dude was sharing at the meeting and talking about how, like, you know, I could, I could leave, I could get high and nobody will know. And then the old timers always loved that. That was like a softball pitch. You know, they would serve a, 
you know, you're going to die. You know, they get all that, they get all that shit real quick, you know, but, but, but the one, the one thing that, that really, you know, hit my spirit was I, I, they would say, look, man, you know, the, the God that you surrender to knows. And man, if you can't get right with that, you're not going to get right with anything else. And it was fucking deep, man. Like when, I, when, when I grab on that stuff, like it, it doesn't matter, you know, if I, if I put a facade on or if I, or if I bullshit for a little while, something like this, man, it's fucking tough, man. Like when, when my audio and video aren't matching up, it's fucking tough. I've had seasons of recovery, man, like that to where I'm doing some shit. And then, then, then I'm like, kind of, you know, dressing it up a little bit. It's fucking brutal, man. It's tough to, it, you know what? Seasons like that. I can't take a nap. I'm going to tell you that, man. You ever try to fucking take a nap and you're doing some, some 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 shit you shouldn't be doing? It's tough to take a nap. It really is. That might be the new test, folks. That that might be what we need. If the your ability to take a nap is in is in direct proportion to your ability, hey, are you living transparent? That's probably a stupid idea, but that's what I got on that, man. I, all right, I'll pass. I took a nap today, thank God. Jennifer W, uh, jump in, please. I wish we would have taken a nap today. Gee, I'm a little jealous. Um, <clears throat> I really like, you know, the, the last paragraph before we got to commitment, how it ties into commitment where it says, living our dreams requires that we believe they are possible. And then when we go into commitment, talks about learning to dream is important, but not a way of life. Willingness without action is fantasy, you know, and 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 all of that, you know, I've been in that place where, um, you know, I didn't believe that anything that I was dreaming at that point in my recovery was possible. I was too bogged down with other ideas and thoughts that were, you know, it was counterintuitive for me to dream, right? Because I was, you know, busy doing other stuff. And, 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 and I've come to a place in my recovery where not only that have I learned to dream that that's important, but I've actually put those thoughts into action. And then with that action and that faith that we've been talking about, like shit's happening, you know? And it's like, it's very, at times it's unsettling. Like I know that the things that I'm doing are in, in God, I'm in God's will, right? I, I, ha, you know, D Douglas talked about that intuition when you just know that the path that you're on, or you know what you're doing, like, I get a feeling when I know I'm in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, you know, and I've learned that, but it's still uncomfortable. And I, you know, and, and I want to put that out there, like, just because good things are happening to me, doesn't mean that I sit here sometimes and say, like, I, I don't know if I deserve this, or I don't know if this is right. If I'm supposed to be like happy about this or waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and that's really where I have to come back to practicing prayer meditation. You know, I have to get back into this place where I'm trusting God, you know, uh, my higher power is showing up, but my higher power, when I need, you know, when I have all that static and all that stuff going on, like, I got to sit and be quiet and listen, I can't, you know, if I'm left to my own devices and, and, and diving into head things head first without checking in with my higher power, or even, you know, my, my people in recovery, you know, Typically I dive a little too far, you know, and then I got to kind of like pull myself and reel myself back in. And, um, you know, in, in the second paragraph, it says, you know, some of us take a long time to come to believe that we can contribute to the world in a way that serves a greater good or serves our values and sense of purpose, you know, and, and that's my story. You know, what, what I started at when I was in recovery and the things that I thought that I was meant to do, you know, I did. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I was not, you know, I was shorting myself and I wasn't following those dreams, you know, and, and now here I am doing it. And, and all of that doesn't happen, you know, overnight for me, some people do get it overnight. I'm not that girl. Um, you know, I want to resist and, you know, hold on to stuff and, and, you know, leave claw marks everywhere. But, you know, I've really learned lately that, um, that intuition, like Douglas was talking about, uh, practicing prayer and meditation, really staying in, intent on, is this my higher power as well, or is this me, you know, um, has really put me in a place where my life is so very different. And, and I'm doing all these things that this commitment piece is talking about. And, and, and with that, I'll say, you know, if, if you're new and you're listening, I feel like sometimes like I'm talking 
um, sometimes I feel like I'm talking and I'm not saying like when I was new, none of this would have made sense to me. And I would have no idea. Uh, what, I had no idea what was true for me. I had no idea what God had in store for me, you know, and, um, and thank God for people in my life that showed me the way and thank God, you know, and, and, and thank God that we have the ability to stop and take a look and, and have people show us like, I don't know how to meditate. Like somebody showed me an app one time and said, here, you should listen to this, you know, meditation thing on this app. And this is what helped quiet my mind. And, you know, here I am, you know, two and a half years later, listen to the same damn damn app because I couldn't figure out how to quiet my mind and the suggestions that I took and I learned have really you know saved me and 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 I'm really um I'm really grateful for those that came before me so thanks thanks Jennifer xxxv Lee you're up next thank you Paul and and Jennifer I appreciate those comments Doug we call that putting lipstick on a pig, which you was talking about when you dress up a pig, bro. And I've had more seasons uh, in recovery where I was caught up in my will. Um, and I learned, I would like to say that I've, I'm learning something from all of those seasons. And Jennifer just touched on something early on. I didn't understand. I didn't understand the word commitment when I got here. I had no idea what it meant wasn't talked about in my house growing up. Um, definitely wasn't talked about in the military and 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 in an act, in the active addiction. Nobody ever said anything to me about about commitment. So when I got here, I was told to start defining these words, looking them up and defining these words. And and I do a meditative practice where uh, I, it's part of a, the artist's way where you write three pages every morning kind of like a brain dump and and what normally happens is something will come out in that writing and and that's what I'll reflect on and that's what I'll quiet myself over um and it's and I need to say it's been this season right now it's been the most difficult thing for me to do in the morning and that's probably got to do with stuff from last week and uh two weeks before that and Jennifer kind of stole my, my thunder where it says some of us take a long time to come to believe that we can contribute to the world in a way that serves the greater good. I can remember like eight years clean on my job thinking, man, when they figure out who I am, they are going to kick me the F up out of here, you know. Um, and maybe a year later, they did find out rather abruptly. Uh, the senior partner's sister used to buy drugs for me. And he would come with her and I wouldn't even let him in the house. I would literally slam the door in this guy's face. And turned out he was my, my boss's boss after about nine years of being on a job. And, and I, I just remember his face went red. We were at a formal black tie affair, Christmas party thingy. His face went red. He got up and he walked out. I grabbed my date and said, we're walking out because I know tomorrow I'm going to get a letter, you know, a fax, because we didn't have a lot of email back then saying, you're fired, dude, because I know who you are. And it took me a long time to, to realize that I was, I didn't know I was trying at the time. So if you knew and you're doing this, you're doing this. But I didn't realize I was trying to serve a greater good. I didn't realize that was what was... Uh, what was happening and one of my guys i still encourage him for for the, the value to look at the value of the things we're doing it's easy for me to say oh you know i didn't shave this morning i'm such a horrible person but i did 10 things right up to this point this being like the 11th thing today and so I really, really tried to illuminate that uh, with the people in my tribe and, and with you guys. Um, so yeah, that, that's plenty out of me, thanks. Thanks, Lee. Barb, we're gonna go the next, as principles go, the next two paragraphs, please. Thanks, Paul. As principles go, discipline might be one of the less popular, you think? 
We talk about commitment almost from our first day clean. We make a commitment to show up, to stay clean until our next meeting, to call someone before we pick up. Acting on the commitments we make requires discipline, and that's a skill we develop as we practice. It doesn't come naturally to most of us, but our long-term goals are often served by postponing short-term gratification. Discipline is commitment in action, a demonstration of our willingness. It is different from willpower or self-will in that we are not trying to force ourselves to change. We are changing our relationship to our own behavior. The more we trust the process, the more we are willing to practice discipline. I got where I am by the grace of God and a stubborn refusal to go away, a member shared. When discipline and faith come together, we begin to become the people we wished we could be. Talent or interest may come naturally, but any skill takes practice. Developing the focus and energy to stay on task is one challenge. Allowing ourselves to take risks is another. It takes courage to face our own creativity and discipline it to produce the things we want. A member shared, I don't feel I have the freedom on the inside to do what I have the ability to do on the outside. I see that as a future freedom. I love this where it says, when discipline and faith come together, we begin, we begin to become the people we wished we could be, you know, and that's it. And, and you know, I was taught, um, thank God, you know, sponsorship and strong women and stuff. I was taught, you know, to, to do things like um, show up for a meeting, you know, go to your home group no matter what, unless you're in jail or dead. And, you know, that's stuff I was taught. And when you bring a topic, be prepared, come early. You know, just even this podcast, Douglas, you know, said, he said one time you, they, he doped feed me into doing this because it was a commitment to me. And, and what it was is like, this is a big commitment. And, you know, and I take that seriously. You guys have taught me that, you know, that I need to be able to keep my commitment, you know. And thank God I did. I did um, take this on as a commitment because it's been such a joy. You know, when Douglas read that, I, I, I teared up, you know, and, and you know, it's it's um, I do this because, um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to give back. You know, I know I got to give it away to keep it. I get to hang out with all these beautiful people, these addicts on here that some of them are my heroes. You know, I get to read the literature. That's what it's about. And I can be lazy. The podcast is a way for me to read the literature lazily. <laughs> you know, I love it. I listen to all this stuff every day when I'm cleaning and stuff, you know. So, you know, why would I not do this, you know, make this commitment? But thank God, you know, I had a woman tell me that, you know, I call a sponsor every day today, you know, I call, and, and what that creates is discipline. I eat a very disciplined way. No flour, no sugar, you know. Um, you guys have taught me all that. To, to, to have the discipline. I remember you taught me, you remember when we first came in and you didn't, you wanted those fobs right away, you know, and what I realized is that taught me that I had that instant gratification, gotta have it, gotta have it yesterday, you know, and those fobs were a way for me to start derailing that instant gratification and work for what I wanted, you know, and you guys just taught me all that, you know, all that I've learned here with you guys, you know, so, um, you know, and I, I think I have an obligation to, um, to share, you know, I shouldn't be alive. I've had, Eva, I had two sons' dads that died from this disease. You know, one went out two different times and the last time had stage four liver and picked up, well, of course he's going to get cancer or something and die, you know, and he died, you know. And, um, and then my son's natural dad got uh, hit by a drunk driver, drunk, three o'clock in the morning, you know. And it's like, um, you know, that's what this disease does. You know, there, there was a guy that I had, Jack, that was a good friend, got 20 years. And he used to say that you do the steps and you do the steps and you do the steps. And he died. He picked up after 20 years and died, you know. So the messages come from many places because I still, I quote him and I do the steps. I just did a four step. And, it, and guess what? I've done several four steps. This one was pretty painful. I got angry a few times, you know, so yeah, this process works and it never quits working for me. You know, it keeps working. If I just keep doing it and keep doing it, you know, so um, I'm just grateful to have this way to live. I'm grateful to have heroes like you guys, you know, because when I went to New Orleans in the pandemic and saw, you know, Paul and Lee and Douglas with all these years clean, you know, and you guys were talking about doing the steps. I, I hadn't done the concepts previously. I've done the concepts with a couple people since, 
you know, meeting these. That's what I mean. You find heroes. You find people that inspire you, not those toxic people that I used to gravitate towards and we would be toxic with each other. Now I find heroes that motivate me and inspire me and make me be what that says, that, you know, a better me, you know. And I love where it says willingness without action is fantasy. You know, that you got to have the willingness and you got to have the action. You know, the faith of a mustard seed in the action. So I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Barb. Um, you know, the thing that is interesting to me is if I said to myself, Paul, are you a disciplined person? My knee-jerk reaction would be absolutely not. And I will focus on, let's see, food, money, sex, and have, give all the list of where I am undisciplined at any given time in those areas. And I will discount 27 years of recovery. I will discount being on the podcast day in, day out. I will discount, I am on my 11th tradition, having worked 11 steps and 11 traditions, uh, you know, in a timely fashion. I will discount all of the things about myself that are. and focus on what should be. And so this thing about commitment is about, <clears throat> is about not just what we want to attain, but acceptance of where we are. I've had this revelation, you know, I'm, I'm this serenity prayer, you know, that serenity becomes before acceptance, courage comes before change and wisdom comes before knowledge, right? The wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom, and for me, wisdom is the knowledge of what I don't know, right? Because when I arrived here, I knew everything. So I need wisdom, what do I not know, to, to gain knowledge. And so here's the next thing in that, in that thing. I thought the serenity prayer was about you. How do I accept you? How do I change you? How do I deal with all of your stuff? And I don't know how, why it took 20, I'm a very slow learner. I, it, I guess it took 27 years to realize that the serenity prayer is about me. What am I going to accept about myself? What am I going to change about myself? And how is God going to reveal to me what those changes and acceptances are? Through commitment, through showing up no matter what, no matter what happens, showing up. It's Tuesday, fuck Tuesday. Why did I agree to this? Six o'clock, fuck, why did I say I would do this? And then I get on here and go, oh, now I remember why I did this. So much better. Jennifer, finish out this paragraph, I mean, this section, please. You got it, Paul. Awareness is not the same as control. We don't automatically get freedom from our defects <clears throat> just because we see them. Huh. Awareness gives us hope and direction. Sometimes that can be a motivator to get us working. And sometimes the best we can do is wait. When we can't see our way around a defect or an obstacle, it's often because there's other work that must be done first. Self-acceptance frees our imagination. Work on the amends steps allows us to feel worthy, worthy of success. The answers are in different places for each of us. and We may not know them until we found them. Doing the work of recovery frees us in ways we can't predict. It's only in experiencing freedom that we learn we were bound where learn we were bound before. Goals are dreams we put into action. We can understand the work and measure our progress more easily if we break our goals down into steps. After all, we know a thing or two about doing things in steps. Setting achievable goals and celebrating milestones along the way allows us to see our progress and gives us moments when we can step back 
and evaluate where we are and where we are going. And, you know, awareness is not the same as control. And, you know, coming from somebody that wants to control every piece and part of everything, um, I, I always need to read that. Even though I know it, I need to read it and hear myself say it out loud. You know, and, and I always say, you know, self-awareness is a motherfucker, right? Like that's one of the gifts I've gotten here, but it's like a gift and a curse all at the same time, because I can see it and I know it and I know the outcome sometimes. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm rolling with it. You know, let's, let's dive into that. Cause that feels good right now. And then deal with the consequences later, even though I already know what those consequences are, you know, and, and, and I think you know, that's part of the freedom too, right? I have freedom to make choices. They're just not always good choices. Um, you know, but the key is here, like, I'm, I, I make bad decisions in recovery. I have some of that awareness today, you know, but I don't get loaded even when I make those bad decisions, you know, and, um, and, and that's what I've worked through these steps that they talk about, you know, and, um, you know, I like how they say, you know, we know, little bit about doing things in steps it's like right you know and now when I get stuck in one of those things where the awareness piece for me I I've seen it um and I know it and I still do it you know I also know that once I start feeling that pain from that decision like I know like one two three right like what's the problem what's the solution you know what's the action I'm going to take next to get out of this you know and, and that's how what I was taught around here right Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I want to say sometimes I'm powerless over Jennifer. Um, and I'm really not. I just make bad choices. You know what I mean? Like I'm powerless over a lot of things, but, you know, I make decisions on my actions. Um, but I really wanted to do it that and say I was powerless over myself. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, there are a lot of things here that we've done in this reading today that have really just described where I'm at in my recovery process today, you know, in places that I never imagined that I would be doing things that I would never even have thought were possible for me. Um, and all of that, you know, is through the step working process, you know, um, and I have learned and I've been taught over and over again. It's like one thing at a time, right? I work one step at a time. So I can't always fix everything or get everything I want in one whole bunch, right? Like I got to do the work and piecemeal it into manageable parts of my life. Otherwise I just throw my hands up in the air and say, fuck it, it's not worth it. It's too hard. Well, you know why it's too hard? Cause I'm attempting to control. And that's the awareness piece that I go back to, right? Um, you know, being a member of Narcotics Anonymous, being a part of the recovery process has really given me the ability to have goals and dreams and things that I never would have thought were possible. And if you would have told me when I got here to like, and I, they did do it, they gave us a God box and in, in, in my, this treatment, we made out of popsicle sticks and they said, put all the things in it that you want out of your life, right? Or put all the bad things that you want to get rid of in here. And man, if I would have only stuck to those things that were in that box, I would have sold myself really short, you know? Um, you know, our, the dreams that I have today are dreams that are attainable because, um, because of the recovery process and because of you guys, because, you know, some days when I feel like I can't do it, you guys tell me I can and that I'm doing the right thing and I'm on the right path um, and that I'm capable and that, you know what I mean? I can do all of that. And, um, and, and thank God for you guys. I think Barb's right. I think, you know, I, there's a lot of heroes here that I not just, you know, in this podcast, but all the people that we have come and visit and share and, and, um, and I'm really glad to be a part of this process. Thanks. Thanks, Jennifer. The, the line self-acceptance frees our imaginations. You know, if, if I start to become okay in the skin that I'm in, I have an ability then to start looking outward and see how I can impact and give back to the world that's around me. And that for me is the whole process in a nutshell is, I want to stop being so ego focused that I can be of service to things that I come in contact with around me. So if you're 60 days clean and you're listening, we love you. We are proud of you and you have made a commitment 
just for today to stay clean and you are listening to us and you can do this. We have the utmost faith in you. Just keep doing the deal. And if you're sitting in a, in a hospital room trying to make a decision about where to go in your life, make the good decision. Let someone else be in control for just a minute. Just let go and, and just trust that leap of faith we talked about earlier this evening. We are so glad that you join us week in, week out on this progress. And uh, we're glad you're part of our journey. We love you. Thanks. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.